Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Elm Park Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. I've been joined by uh, Dave Stevens. Hi, Dave. Hello, good to be here. I'll also be joined by Chris Scott. Hi, Chris. Hello. Uh, well, we've got to talk about last night's kind of heavy defeat against Leeds United, 3 0. It wasn't good watching, was it, uh, at all? Uh, not a surprise, though. I went into the game and I thought we were going to lose 3 0, 3 1, and sadly that happened. Um, I kind of asked for the responses after the match for the uh, EPR 3. And predictably, they weren't that upbeat, really. Um, George Flood made a key point, which is need players back. That is absolutely true. Uh, Alex Everson not really asked, which is fair enough, Alex. Rubbish is expected from Eric Aragard. And uh, Mark Thigson probably sums it up, really, um, by saying boys against men, which it was yeah. in many ways. Ryan East making his debut. We had... Uh, Danny Lode out there and Elise. Um, what did you make of it today, first of all? Uh, yeah, went into it like you, expecting nothing, got nothing. Um, it, it, it's a cliche. We've all said it a hundred times. It, this isn't the sort of game that we're worried about. Um, I, I don't want to say like, oh, it's okay, we lost. It's never okay. And, and you know, we can talk about the tactics. There, there were some missteps, but... Yeah, look at them. They're, they're going to be up. I, I don't like giving credit to Leeds, but there you go. It's uh, They're a good side. No, I totally agree. I, I definitely don't like giving credit to Leeds, but they were <laughs> way, way, way better than us. Yep. And they just class showed throughout the match. You just look at their three goals, which you go through in a minute. But just all of them are really good strikes. What did you make of it, Chris? Yeah, I um, echo what they said. I think, like we spoke about beforehand, I just think... Our players went into it knowing they were going to lose. I got the sense that, for me, I just don't think we tried to ruffle Leeds' feathers at all. We didn't get in their faces. We don't, like we said, we, they don't have that type player. Because that's the sort of game, he gets mentioned a lot lately, but Phil Parkinson, sort of game that you would have him in the first, but he'd just nail someone early doors. And I know that's not an get a book in, maybe that's a bit old school, but you just let them know they're here for a battle. Whereas they... I mean, did they even get out of neutral gear last night, let's be honest? They didn't, no, they? maybe for 15 minutes in the first half, but that was about it. Yeah, and yeah. I just... I mean, it was men against boys, like Mark said. I mean, we had, we had a bunch of kids out there, to be honest. So it's to be expected. It's still just annoying. I just feel like we could have given it a bit more of a go, personally. But we were always going to lose anyway, to start with. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's kind of how I sum it up, really. You just look at the players that we're missing, going back to what George said... If you could put uh, Rinomoto into that team, you could put a Nelson Oliveira into that team. And also you could have Johnny Dabodvarsen maybe on the bench. I mean, I'm not saying that in any way that we would have beaten them because I don't think so. But we are definitely missing those players and we're going to miss them going forward as well because I don't know what's happened to Rinomoto. He seems to be a mystery kind of injury. There's no end day to it. Well, no, Which I saw I one of the journalists say, I think, at the Wigan game, they saw him down the tunnel and he still had a protective boot on. Okay. So as soon as yeah. you see those protective boots on, you always worry that it's not a great sign, is it, if they're still wearing one of them? Yeah. No, not necessarily. No, no. I don't know what to make of that, really, because they put them on all the time, don't they? They're so cautious, yeah. so I don't yeah. really know. But if it just, a, just a kind of quick stat that I looked at, 
nine Leeds players had a passing average of above 80% last night, passing accuracy. Only two Reading players had above 80%. Ryan East and Danny Loder. Really? Yeah, well, there was another one, which was Gareth McClear. He had 100%, but he only touched the ball three times. So I'm not really, <laughs> really going to let That's him. three and three. That's great stats from Gareth. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I think, so the passing accuracy was big. Um, I, I don't track any stats or anything of that nature, but it did feel like oftentimes when we would clear the ball or we would try and send it long, it wasn't going to one of our players, whether it was anticipated better by the Leeds uh, defenders or whether it's just a wayward pass. It always seemed to be going to a yellow shirt. And it, it, so strikes, it strikes me that the, like Miazga played a lot of long balls last night. I just got the sense that they were panicking because Leeds yeah. were so on top. When they got the ball, they were like, oh, shit, just got to clear it away from our goal. They were just lumping it forward, to, which isn't the Gomez style at all. I mean, that's that you said about the passing accuracy I mean that, that's probably what Gomez dreams about I mean I think that's what he would love what Leeds did last night I imagine is what he wants would love to create here it's the style he wants to play um mm. but we're a long way off that right? yeah if, if, if we're going to stay up which hopefully we will in the summer you'd hope that we're going to bring in some better players obviously we're going to lose some of the lone players I can't see us keeping some of them no. but one player who dropped off well I thought personally last night was John Swift he has a passing accuracy last night of 73%, and he's normally about 86 But not only that, he got knocked off the ball repeatedly. Just keeps hold of it too His long. set pieces yeah. were not good last night. And as we were talking just before we started recording, Callum Harrit took one free kick in the, at the, near the end of the match, and he was better than any of John Swift's throughout the whole of the match. And he, Callum Harrit also set up the winner against Wigan. If he's on the pitch... He has to be taking the free kicks for me. Dave, what did you think of John Swift last night? Yeah, I think John Swift, and I'm repeating myself from every time I have a conversation about him, like he, he's he got something there that you, you want to keep persevering, but he can be so frustrating. Like Just like Chris just said, he, like, he, he keeps the ball too much um, when he just needs to play a pass off. Um, you, you often want that player on your side that will grab it by the scruff of the neck and like I've got to push on here but he does that he and then loses the ball <laughs> yeah he hasn't got the he doesn't like follow through on it he's like right this is down to me and then he loses it um his his set pieces like corners I don't want to see him on a corner again um always hits the first man um and, and that's so frustrating you mentioned the Wigan goal that's what happens when you clear the first man You're probably yeah. going to get a chance um and yeah last night it seemed like a lot of wayward passes miscommunications like him and Blackett have been playing together for how many games now and there's still moments where Blackett's expecting him to make a run he doesn't make a run he passes it into space and yeah I, it, it's disappointing uh, from what he's done loved his goal last week but apart from that um he's he's definitely dropped off yeah it's a it's a worry because we've got no one else to come in to replace him at all i mean the only thing Defence for him is really that the fact he's got Ryan East alongside him. Now, Ryan East obviously making his debut last night. He's only 20. So, and his first, real, his first, I think it was his first complete game, wasn't it? I think he's come yeah. on at all. Coming on against the team that are top of the league of the championship in March. These are not people that are in, we're in August and they're kind of not that great. That's a really tough debut. So he wasn't getting much assistance there, really. But, I don't know. It's consistently the same with John Swift. And I find it frustrating because I think there is something there. 
but it just needs to get stronger. I keep on saying this week after week and week, and it's not going to happen until the summer. Go on, Chris. I think also it's just the biggest thing, like always, that everyone says about him is consistency. I mean, on his day, he's a good player, but you see that game one in five, and there's a reason why someone who does have the talent he does still plays for a club like Reading. Yes. It? Like nothing again. I mean, we all love Reading, but with the talent you occasionally see from Swift, if he did that regular, I mean, I don't think he'd ever make the Premier League because I just think he's. I mean, he looks like he's running in treacle half the time. He's just got no pace <laughs> about him, and I think the Premier League would bypass him. But he could be a top end championship player if he could somehow find some consistency. But he never does. Yeah, well, yeah. on the way on the way back on the bus on the way back, somebody said to me, "If John Swift played for Leeds, he'd look really good." Mm. And I thought about that, and I thought, I'm not sure. You know, would you swap Hernandez for John no. Swift? No. <laughs> I think he could, he could get by. Like, it wouldn't be noticed as much, but I don't think he would look good. Like, if he was in a great side, he could do a few of the, the good things that he does for us, and then they would forget about the other parts because he's mm. protected by the others. I think one thing I, I've seen with, with Swift is the whole, like, well, who would you replace him with? I think it's like a, a, a three-piece puzzle, right? If, if we get uh, Renamota or Saeed back, I'm, I'm bottling saying his last name, so I'll just say Saeed. Um, the Iranian one of those, Exactly, right? If he, uh, if he come, like either of those two come back in and can play the, the holding role, um, everyone's saying like Baker doesn't have a position, it seems like, and he's not a holding midfielder. If, maybe we, Baker goes into Swift's role if we have that holding midfielder back and he doesn't have to fill in. And then yeah, well, uh, I thought Baker out. was really good last night. I thought Baker so and Yadav let his were man go for the goal. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, from that, that's I thought true. Baker was all right. And you know, against Wigan, he was getting involved as well. Like, I think Baker's kind of coming into it, but mm. yeah, um, I think Baker maybe... and Swift are those type players that they're classed as midfielders, but do they have a defined position? Like everyone always talks about, John Swift is a creative midfielder, but. How many assists does he get? How many slide balls through does he play? You don't see it very often. And but that's but he's the not, he's not good defensively. Well. Yeah, yeah exactly. no, he's not. So the consistency you mentioned, like the player I think, John Swift could be Oliver Norwood if he had consistency, right? Like, just like you said, top half of the championship, like not in the Premier League. You know, he, he can do that. He can do those Hollywood passes and stuff like that, but not, not enough that he is an Oliver Norwood, you know? No, no, he's not, sadly. Uh, but Oliver Norwood, um, he got a lot of criticism when he was here, wasn't he? A hell of a lot of criticism. And also his set pieces, if I remember them. But I've watched Oliver Norwood recently. He looks like a different player. Yeah. It's good to him. Good to him. He's progressed. So they're well done to him. But going back to the game last night, um, which we have to go through, sadly. The first goal, if Barrow just gets a tackle in there, a proper tackle, that probably goes out for a corner... I still think Leeds are going to win the match. Let's not dress it up as, you know, that was the major turning point. But so such a simple thing. He tracked him back. And I was thinking, you're doing the right thing here, uh, Barry, because normally he gets criticised for not running backwards. And he mm. clearly had done that. But then he showed that he doesn't do it very often because his tackle was woeful. <laughs> Just <laughs> not enough strength in it. Um, what did you make of the first goal, Chris? Um, it was like a lot of Reading goals we concede, kind of always of our own making. Yeah. There's no, I, know, well, I mean, we concede a lot of goals, don't get me wrong, but 
a lot of them you watch and just go, if you'd have just done that, like some, it's, and a lot of the time it's quite clear cut what they should have done. We don't often get properly carved open, but I think that's more down to the level of the championship. But nine times out of 10, it's someone's not tracking back with their man or a misplaced slide tackle like Barrows or John Swift trying a little flick that just isn't needed and then it gives away easy possession. Um, it just sort of summed us up this season, really, that goal. Yeah, totally. It was just too easy. And despite Bamford having his own uh, personal kind of, I don't know, show at the end when he kept on missing the ball and everything, he had a key part in that goal by his little step over, just yeah, leaving yeah, that it. Was yeah. His dummy was good, but I think that summed him up. Like that, His biggest contribution was when he didn't touch it. <laughs> that, was, that was the best thing he did all night. But yeah. I think, yeah, like yeah, so Baker playing out of position he's not holding midfielder he didn't track his man so the scorer left baker behind um you've got barrow missing the the tackle um i can't like i don't even remember blackett being involved in this which is weird because he's left back and the ball came in from that side but yeah. yeah everyone just looked like they were like oh where'd that guy come from who's this like no one knew where to be everything was just a little bit too quick mm-hmm. yeah and midfield got bypassed a... massively yeah. all game yeah. i mean I know it's we've got about 19 injuries in that department, so you have to let it off to a certain extent. But we just are so weak central midfield. We just get run over. Yeah. Now, central times. midfield is painful every week now, isn't it? Yeah. Because we just don't have any... There's nothing in there that's got any kind of real energy, I don't think. Mm. Or strength. I mean, at least we had Bakuna before, and I know he had his faults. But... I didn't think we'd missing as much as we have. now, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think when <laughs> we sold him, we had Andy Renamoto playing mm. like he was playing. So we were like, ah, we'll be fine. And then as soon as he got injured, we were like, oh, yeah, we kind of needed Bakuna. Yeah. The same as that Saeed. I mean, I still to this day don't even know what his injury is. Yeah. No. Does anyone? No, I don't know what's going on there. I think maybe Why it's they an injury him? or a thigh. I'm not sure, but that has gone on forever, hasn't it? I mean, but as look- we know, the injuries at Reading Football Club seem to sometimes just go on and on and on. It's been ever since the Adkins era. Like, yep. we've just... And I'm not... I don't want people to... I'm not saying I want people to lose their jobs or such, but it just feels like behind, like, medical team... I just don't know a team that has injuries like us consistently. We've always got seven, eight, nine players out. And not many of these players ever leave the pitch injured. It always no. seems to happen yeah. after games or recovery or in training. I don't know. I mean, I, they all know a lot more than I do. There's so many stats and... God knows what nowadays, but it just does feel like that's one area you almost need a complete overhaul. It just seems yeah, like it does feel like right that. There. But it's yeah, another one that might happen in the summer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I suppose the only one that recently that we've seen actually happen on the pitch was Nelson Oliveira, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was a pretty clear one, and that can happen to a player at any point. So the second goal, um, yeah, not a great moment for Ryan East there. He gives the ball away. But still, he could have been closed down more, couldn't he, Hernandez? But to hit both posts and go in, that's a player who's... You can't save those shots, can you? I was going to say, you you were at that end. From the west, it looked like... I've not seen it back, to be honest, so I can't fully say that. But it looked like he was a bit of fault. I don't know if that was the case. What, Martinez? Yeah. No, I don't think oh, so. That not? was off, off. No, I think that was uh, really. It's like he dived really late from the West End, that's all. But obviously, if not. Yeah. I, I think that so the speed of the shot was probably what, what got it. Like, 
that's a quality player like he, he hit it hard and then it's inch perfect like you you see it it goes in it just hits the inside of the post it's almost going to come back out and then goes around i think you know i've seen martinez save shots like that but it would be harsh to say he was at fault fully yeah yeah i think so i <laughs> then we go into the third goal which just another one where they just take it quickly tyler black it definitely needs to close him down for he stood off way too much he stood off him way too long but he takes the shot so soon he takes it way sooner than anyone is expecting it but you can't give him that space it was the whole i don't sorry it was the whole too much respect i felt that we showed Leeds throughout the whole game we they were they always had three four five yards on us yeah everyone not wanting to get beat and it's like, but they'll just beat you with a shot then. <laughs> You've got to realise they're playing quality that like, if they can't get past you, they'll just hit it and they've got the quality to probably score, yeah. I wonder how much of it, I was saying to Chris before we started, that how much of it was just mental and physical fatigue from the game against Wigan. That was just such a high that they just couldn't get themselves back up for it. And I don't know, maybe some of them saving themselves for Stoke subconsciously. I'm sure they wouldn't say that. But Stoke is a is a game that's more winnable. Um, not that Stoke is going to be easy. They're just inconsistent, aren't they? You, well, they're only two places above us. Yeah. And with how much money amazing. they spent in the summer. Yeah, is it is. Shocking, it is really, isn't it? Yeah. But going on to the second half, I thought we did okay. We didn't get a hammering. It could have been a lot worse. We At least we didn't roll over and have an absolute massacre and completely kill our goal difference and... You know, it's, it could have been horrible. It could have been absolutely horrible. Mainly, that is because Leeds took their foot off the pedal, not because we massively improved. We also saw Elise come on, and I thought he did okay. He had little moments. He didn't look scared. That's for certain. He looked like he wanted to get involved and take players on. But it's hard to find real massive positives when you lose three 0 at home. I was a bit, a bit taken aback by Gomez's comments after the game. Where he was talking how well we played and how it was a great game, and I thought, yeah, we I felt that. And I was strange. a bit. Mm, I like yeah. the bloke. I mean, I've liked he's been a breath of fresh air since he came in, but that for me was, I don't know what game he was watching to be honest. That had a little bit of Adkins about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, positivity, positivity for the sake of positivity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it had a little bit. I thought, okay, I don't think we played terribly, but to come out of that saying we played quite well, I think after a three-nil home defeat. I think that's pushing the buttons that are not good at this moment. You yeah. always wait and see how we do against Stoke. But what do we think of Gomez at the moment? If you were to grade him from an A to a D, what would you grade him, Dave? Um, I'm sitting at a B right now. Um, and that is being very positive towards him. But I think things were so low before he came in. He has made a noticeable difference to me. Um, the the positivity of the players, the mental side is getting a little better. Not great, but a little better. Um, he's learning quickly, which he has to, which I think is good. Um, definitely couldn't give him an A because of where we are. <laughs> like, no. and we're still not winning games. We're no, still no. not. Um, we're still not, you know, turning things around. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I'm I'm very happy he came in. I think it was the right decision. So yeah, B. Would you say, Chris? Uh, yeah, I'd probably go B minus. I mean, I think he's galvanised the club in terms of because the disconnect between fans and Reading Football Club before he came in was the biggest I've ever seen it since supporting the club. Okay. I mean, 
it felt like every single fan hated every single player. That's the vibe you got. You just, there was such a disconnect. And he's really, I know that was probably one of his, I'm sure when they hired him, they said, because from interview one, he came out saying, the fans are a big part. And I'm sure he was told to do that, but I do also believe him. And seeing how he was after the Wigan game, you can see he means it and he's done that. But like you say, I mean, B minus, probably pushing it a bit high, like you said, because that's matter, the results still aren't brilliant, are they? I'd still, I think a B minus is about right, to be honest. I think that's what I would go for. I still find some of his tactical decisions a little bit strange, and, and some of his substitutions. Yeah. And waiting. He sometimes waits and waits and waits. And But he's learning. He's learning. Like you say, he hasn't been in England very long. And he's, he's also been really kind of, his legs are being cut off by the injuries. And he can't do anything about them. If you have multiple injuries, I'm sure he would not want to start a team last night with Ryan East and Danny Loder in the team. No. You know, no. that's not... I, that's no dig at them. Disrespect but, to yeah. them. But, you know, these are not players you want to play against Leeds United, are they? Not really. I'm no, not sure yeah. it is great for them going forwards. But we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, he will upgrade that to an A next season when we win the league. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will no, with, with our finances, I don't see how we'd be able to sign anyone, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the financial fair play, that is an interesting thing, but that is a, that is a minefield. So, oh, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that's way above my uh, understanding. So I think I can do a separate <laughs> one on that completely. So we got Stoke City away on Saturday. As I said earlier, there are only two places above us. Who can believe that Stoke would only be 17th in March? I mean, that is such a poor return for the players that they've got. They've unbeaten their last five matches, but they have lost three of their last six home matches. But they were against West Brom, Preston and Bristol City. Considerably better teams than us. How do you think it's going to go, uh, Chris? Um, I don't know, just away from, I know we beat Ipswich, but we're pretty dire away from home, aren't we? So, More than dire. I mean, I would... <laughs> I would bite someone's arm off for a point now, but yeah. I'm going into it expecting defeat just because away from home, we're abysmal, aren't we? So if we can get a point, brilliant, but we'll see. They're not great at home, though. They're the 14th best team in the home and we're 18th away best. So, nil, nil. Yeah, I'll take the <laughs> I'll take that. I'll yeah. take the <laughs> right now. Can, can we do that? Let's just... Yeah, yeah right. let's sort it out. No, no, let's on, play you sort it out. you got kind of a time difference. Can you make it happen? I'll see what, what I can do. What going to happen, Dave? Um, yeah, I hate to be negative because I, I have felt good about the team recently, but um, I, it feels like one of those games that we're going to do all right and then it will be like a 1-0 loss. <laughs> like, yes. I, I hate yes. Stoke. Just, I hate no, that is exactly Stoke. how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> about their spell in the Premier League for so long is that I didn't have to deal with games away to Stoke. <laughs> that was like, like 2002, 2003, that sort of era. I'm just sick of playing them. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think we're going to lose. I think they're just a little bit even with their position on the table, even with how disappointing their season has been for them, they've got that a little bit more than us still. So, yeah. yeah totally. uh, they've got some quality players there, haven't they? Like Benekafobi. They've also got Tom Ince, the proverbial championship in between Premier League player. We don't know. They've also got Alan. And Alan will run that game from midfield. Yeah. He's just going to keep ticking away, isn't he? 
as well. And it won't be hard against our midfield. No, yeah, exactly. exactly. I remember the, I remember the game earlier in the Medeski Stadium when Mo Barra scored another one of his late goals to get the late point. So he's caught some critical goals late on uh, in this season. And strange. last season as well. Yeah. Strange, isn't it? Because I don't think he really ever does a lot when he plays, to be honest. Yeah, that but 25 yards came out of nowhere. Goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bowl accounts, he had an absolute stinker, didn't he? Against, yeah. I didn't see the Wigan game. Yeah. But he was awful, bowl accounts. He didn't do much for the rest of the game, yeah. The thing about Barrow that's so funny is like, people slate him and, and he's got defensive failings and all of this. But if you look at last season and this, his goals are probably going to be a big part of keeping us up two seasons in a row. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. the way he's going, I just hope he keeps on getting a few because uh, it's critical at the moment because we don't look like we're going to score many goals, which kind of doesn't make much sense because we scored three against uh, Wigan. But in general, as a pattern in the last 10 games, if Nelson's not there, it doesn't really look like it's going to happen at all. Last time we won in the league at Stoke was in 2005 with a Dave Kitson penalty. And if I remember correctly, that was when uh, gingerism kicked off and <laughs> Dave Gibson got very angry about oh, people making gingerous comments. And it's amazing that he then went on to sign for them. So he's kind of... I think he regretted that signing though, didn't he? From the comments yeah, that one didn't quite after. work out, did it? No, it didn't work out. But um, right, no, no, he, he doesn't regret it. The secret footballer regrets a move to a club like Stoke. So, but it oh, for libel him, reasons, yeah. we will not get into that one. <laughs> Even though his logo is ginger. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes I think we can, uh, let's not pretend, that is Dave Kitson, the yeah. secret footballer. Um, if it isn't, I'm prepared to donate a leg. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how convinced I am that it is him. So... Quick score prediction then from you, Dave. You went for 1 0, maybe? Or are you going to change that? Stoke, yeah. Okay, 1 0 to. And I'm going to say 80th minute for Stoke, that one, I reckon. What are you going to say, Chris? 2 uh, 0 Stoke. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go 2 1 to Stoke. I don't know where the goal is going to come from. I've no idea, but somehow it's going to happen. Let's hope that we're next time on doing the podcast, which should be after, I'm trying to remember the next game now, which whoever it is, against Preston, I think, isn't it? Or one after that, the next Saturday. We're talking about a glorious uh, six points that we've picked up in those ones. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to happen, is it? You know, I do one after Stoke, won't I, anyway? So, okay, then, thanks a lot for listening. And, um, uh, you know, I think we're going to stay up. Let's just... The worst thing about this is, as I'm recording this, I'm hoping that QPR get a win. And that that like, that makes me feel quite ill. I don't like that at all. Yeah, but the, the permutations we want are not ones we would normally yeah, want. Yeah, we want to beat Rotherham. Rotherham have, got, Rotherham have got Norwich as well on Saturday. So let's hope they lose both those matches. Then it doesn't matter what we're doing. Are Rotherham playing Norwich tonight? No. Is that not, oh, is that not tonight? No, no, no. Saturday. It's QPR they've got tonight. Home or away? Uh, at QPR. Uh, so who knows? QPR a little but, bit. Um, well, we know what we think about QPR. Come on the yeah. plate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Cheers.